0: Hello, my name is Sly James, and I'm the co-founder of Wickham James with Joni Wickham, and we are here today on No Filter Media, a podcast that is devoted to telling the stories of different people in different genres, different walks of life, and having great conversations about the things that are important in our society today. I will tell you this, that uh, we have had quite a bit of fun recording and having some fantastic guests, and we have a great lineup for you today. I'm an attorney by trade, so I like to argue with people. Uh, I'm a grandfather by nature. At least that's what my grandchildren say. And I am proud to be the partner of Joni Wickham uh, in Wickham James. Joni?
1: Hi everybody, I'm Joni Wickham, co-founder of Wickham James Strategies and Solutions. I'm an author of the best-selling book, The Thin Line Between Cupcake and Bitch, and Sly tells me all the time that thin line's getting thinner, Uh, Sly's former chief of staff and current wrangler of a second grader and a couple of fur babies. You can check out our firm's website at WickhamJames.com to see how we can serve you and to book us for speaking engagements. And today we're kicking off Women's History Month with two fantastic women leaders who I love and adore. Wendy Doyle is the president and CEO of Kansas City-based United We, and my friend uh, Jordan is here, and Jordan Fields is a uh, policy coordinator for one of the most innovative mayors in the country. Uh, that would be Mayor Bill Peduto in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and Sly's going to do a little introduction to Wendy.
0: Well, Wendy Doyle is a woman that I have a great deal of respect for. Met when I was in office as mayor of Kansas City and had the pleasure of working with on the early phase of an appointments project here in Kansas City. She's been the president and CEO of the Women's Foundation, which is now United We for eight years. Uh, she has the great distinction of being a Rockers University alum just like me. Um, on a very strange level though, this is a lady that had a pet lamb as a pet, as a child, which is a little bit on the bizarre side. Um, and definitely, if you had had a pet lamb in my neighborhood, it would have wound up for Easter dinner. Um, but the interesting thing is she's a twin with a tall, tall brother. Um, and something I didn't know about Wendy, but I should have known from her style and from her grace, is that she's a former state track champion, and an all-conference basketball player in high school. So she has all sorts of little angles that I didn't know about that I'm, we're going to explore today.
2: I
1: didn't know that either, Wendy. Man, I've learned something about you new today, too. <laughs> I'm really scared that you know that much. <laughs> you should be. <laughs> And as I mentioned, Jordan Fields is with us today, and she currently serves on Pittsburgh Mayor Bill Peduto's cabinet as policy coordinator in the Office of Equity. She is a 2020 graduate of the University of Pittsburgh, where she also was a varsity student athlete, president of the mood chapter of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority, an active member of Pitt Community, and the 2020 Omicron Delta Kappa Senior of the Year. Thank you, Jordan, for joining us.
2: Thank you.
0: Wendy, I, I I have to explore this issue about the pet lamb with you. <laughs> I, I just do. Um, now, I'm going to assume um, that since you were uh, a Rockhurst alum grad that you probably lived someplace near Kansas City at the time that you had the pet lamb. Is that right?
3: That is absolutely correct. I grew up on a farm, and one of our friendly neighbors, um, had just really took to my brother and I as twins. And um, for Easter, showed up at our house with little bitty lambs that were just freshly born. Um, One for my brother, one for me. Um, We named them Charlie Brown and Snoopy. and um you know this was a big surprise not only for my brother and me but definitely for my parents too so what do you do when when you receive as a gift a furry lamb (laughs) and um well we at the time had these two beautiful irish setters and the pet decided they really enjoyed the Irish Setters and really thought they probably had identity as a dog and would sleep with the Irish Setters at night. So it was four little people outside, four little animals outside. So very interesting. <laughs>
0: Well, I imagine that having a lamb as a pet probably also uh, allowed you to get into clothing and and uh, shearing wool and doing all those things because one of the things I've always admired about you is your is your fashion style yeah you you're a very distinctive dresser. <laughs> But the the main point about why you're here today is that you have taken it upon yourself to guide the Women's Foundation, Now United We, uh, in raising up the profile of women across this entire area. Uh, So can you tell us a little bit about uh, how you have focused on women's economic uh, empowerment and also their civic leadership?
3: Absolutely. And thank you for that question. And it's so good to be with you and Joni and congratulations on this new podcast. Love the name, no filter. Um, so United We, the two areas that we're focusing on is economic and civic leadership. And the intersectionality between the two is as we really were spending time and economic, we're really focused on um informing it with research data, identifying what the barriers are that leads us to some policy solutions. And as we were beginning this work, we really recognized we definitely needed more women um, in the state capitals, um, you know, at city, county, state level representing women and utilizing their voices. So we the civic leadership component of this is really began our, our work began with you, Mayor, former Mayor Sly James, with our appointments project. And the objective is to get women comfortable with what it means to serve in this capacity. And we really hope that this experience may lead them to want to go on and run for elected office so we can have women at the policy decision-making table impacting decisions for women and their families um, around economic policy.
0: Fantastic.
1: And Jordan, as I mentioned, you're a fairly recent college graduate who now works with our dear friend, Mayor Bill Petuto in Pittsburgh. Um, Civic leadership can certainly mean running for office, uh, and we hope it does for for women. Uh, But it's also working behind the scenes in elected officials office, like your role as policy coordinator. From your perspective, what can be achieved by working behind the scenes in this manner? And has anything surprised you about working in government?
2: I think that's a great question, um, because when people think of civics and politics, they probably think of running for office first and foremost. But what people don't realize is that elected officers have a lot of people working on their staff and their teams um, to not only make decisions, but to get actual work done. So um, in our office, you know, we have a really wonderful Staff of people, um, including the policy team, which I'm a part of, who um, you know do a wide variety of things in the city, whether it's related to um, you know trash pickup, right, or uh, working with DPW to figure out where what potholes need to be fixed, right. There are a ton of things that local government actually has control over um, that people aren't aware of, and so um, I think that's what I've learned most about about doing this work is that civics is um it's widespread right and so um, those of us doing the work behind the scenes are doing a bunch of little tasks just to make sure that the city functions properly on a daily basis
1: Right. And, and part of that, um, to, to Wendy's work and the, the work of the of, uh, United We, the Appointments Project. And you're one of the driving forces behind the Appointments Project in Pittsburgh. Thank you for that. Um, can you talk just a little bit about your experience um, with the Appointments Project and why um, the mayor and your team felt like that was such an um, important initiative to bring to Pittsburgh?
2: Sure, so we have had the pleasure of partnering with United We to work on the Appointments Project Initiative. Um, And Wendy explained the Appointments Project perfectly. We are looking to diversify our city boards, authorities, and commissions. Um, And so Mayor Perduto's administration is really um, not fond of, but we really think it's important to have that diversity of opinion and background and experience. Um, in decision-making rooms and at the table because good policy, good changes aren't made unless we have representation from all of our residents, right, and everybody that's in our city. Um, So the appointments project is something that we really enjoy working on. We've gotten great feedback, um, and I think the city as a whole will really benefit from.
0: You know, it's it's interesting that we are talking about Getting women involved in boards and commissions, but I'm not sure that everybody who hears this is going to have any idea as to why and I know in Kansas City uh, when I was in office, we had well over a hundred standing boards and commissions, and then I made appointments to ad hoc boards and commissions to look at specific policies. And one of the reasons that we have those boards and commissions is, is that frankly, to do the work of a city of any size without engaging the citizens and trying to help run some of those areas and provide input and information in some of those areas would be very difficult indeed. Now, I can tell you that our experience in Kansas City was that we had a lot of folks, mostly older white men, who had been on boards and commissions for an indeterminable amount of time. And as the society was changing, we needed to diversify. So both Wendy and Jordan, if you could, talk about why boards and commissions are an important place for us to find women. And Jordan, if you can just talk a little bit about the role of boards and commissions in your city government, that would be great.
3: So for us, for the appointments project, we really want to bring forward people that that haven't been engaged at this level before and really bring new faces and voices to the table that are really reflective of the population so it looks like who we are, whatever city that may be, and bringing unique, as Jordan said, unique experiences, perspectives to the table one of the things that really drove us to launch this initiative was a research study that we had invested in um, that was a qualitative and quantitative study that really looked at why there were barriers holding women back from engaging this in this way. And the, the research pointed to, first and foremost, women really have a confidence factor and that the research said that women wanted to be asked to serve. So holding back and waiting to be asked to serve in whatever capacity, and this is, we're finding true across the board if you're in a corporate setting or in a volunteer capacity, holding back a little bit. So we wanted this initiative to really be that confidence builder to tell women, you can do this. You are ready. You have unique perspective and experience. And now's the time. And then secondly, women weren't aware of this, of this opportunity as a way to serve and to get back. And as you pointed out, Sly, you know, primarily men were taking these seats up. So women really didn't see that there was a place for them. So that's a role that the Appointments Project can play. Build confidence, show them the path forward, and show them that they're ready, prepared. And here's the process on how to um, engage civically.
2: And to speak to um, the purpose of, of boards, authorities and commissions, you know, I was just talking about how um, widespread kind of local government and politics and civics really is. And so boards, authorities and, and commissions are really an extension, right, of that umbrella of civics. And so at in Pittsburgh, at least, um, we have countless, right, BACs that residents can serve on for a variety of different things. One that I happen to work closely with is the Gender Equity Commission, and I'm soon going to be working with the LGBTQIA commission, right? So these authorities and, and decision-making groups and commissions um, serve a variety of different purposes depending on what they were created for. Um, and a lot of them have the power to do work that, you know, our office doesn't necessarily have a staff member for right, that can work on full time. So for example, um, you know, our Gender Equity Commission um, is doing external research and work related to some of the issues that gender diverse people in Pittsburgh deal with. Um, And so we have boards, authorities and commissions for city planning, um, you know, civil service. We have uh, the housing authority. And so BACs are really an opportunity for residents looking to serve, You know, right. It's an opportunity for them to help that decision making process um, and make changes in a city that, you know, they're living in daily.
1: And Jordan, can you talk uh, just for a few minutes about how important it is for young people? We mentioned that you're a 2020 college graduate. Talk for a minute about how important it is for young people to be engaged early um, in their careers, uh, in their community through maybe something like the Appointments Project.
2: You know, this is something that I've actually been thinking a lot about recently is civic engagement and how we can continue to increase the number of young people involved in their local communities. I think we often leave a lot of this work to older people who, or middle-aged people who we might consider to be more experienced. Right? But when we consider who's living in our communities, in our cities, we have to think about how the decisions that we're making are affecting people of all ages. And so it's important for young people. Um, and, you know, I really often, because I just came from Pitt, I think about college students, but I also think about high school students, right? These people are old enough to know what they need in order to survive and thrive in their communities, in their cities. And so it's important that we give them the opportunity and the voice to speak up about, you know, what it is that they need and how they can contribute to what's going on in their own community. Um, so I really, I, I, I think the appointments project is a, is a perfect opportunity um, for young people to really step into these positions, right? Because there's no age limit to to, to when when you can participate, right, in civics and in the inner workings of your community. We should be celebrating and encouraging people of all ages, right, to join these conversations. So um, the Appointments Project really does just that.
0: You know, Jordan, one of the things I, I want to make sure that I tell you before, before uh, we're done here today is that, Bill Peduto is one of my all time favorite mayors. Uh, But I'm a mayor lover under all circumstances, anyhow, because we share information back and forth without regard. There's no partisan political bickering amongst mayors because we're all tackling the same problems. And I know one of the things that every mayor has to look at is when they're going to invest, whether it's money, resources, staff time, or anything else, they have got to be able to articulate. The return on the investment. Now, I know that your women's appointments project is fairly new. Mm-hmm. So maybe you and Wendy can tag team a little bit about this one basic issue. Now that we have the appointments project in Pittsburgh and other places, what's the return on the investment? If if there's somebody out there who's saying, I don't understand why we need this. Tell them why we need it and what the return on that investment has meant so far.
2: Jordan, would you like to start? You want me to? Um, I guess I'll start by saying, um, and this was a point that was brought up early. For a while, certain populations of people have been excluded from these decision-making processes, right, for a variety of reasons. And what we've come to realize, not just on the national level, but on the local level as well, is that when we bring a diversity of people to the table, we experience what's called a diversity bonus, right? And so oftentimes what happens when we bring a variety of people together is that the solutions that they come up with not only benefit the people that have been not necessarily in power, but have been comfortable, have been living comfortably, but they benefit people that have been historically underserved, right? So the, 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 Positive. the the greatest thing about the appointments project and doing this work of increasing the number of women on these boards, authorities, and commissions is that we now have a whole subset of people that can bring new ideas and new perspectives to the table that will not just benefit the men who have been on these boards, authorities, and commissions, but just gender diverse people in the city as a whole.
3: And to build on that, I would just add that you know an appointments project return we know this takes time the appointments process takes time under any elected official but the return is this great awareness that's being generated in Pittsburgh is really telling the community that that we are wanting to be inclusive of everyone there is a role for everyone it may it may be a board or a commission or it may be some other way or some other capacity of for you to give back and serve your community. Um, So there's this great awareness that's being generated, new faces, new perspectives brought to the table. And a civically engaged community is really going to encourage people to think positively about the city, pay attention to issues, but bring unique perspectives to solve in a creative manner. And it just is going to lift the entire community up.
1: Jordan, I want to highlight what you said about the diversity bonus. I'm going to steal that. I love that. That that perfectly encapsulates the concept um, that we talk about a lot when it comes to diversity and, and equity and, and inclusion and what those concepts bring to a community. So I'm, I'm going to steal that from you.
0: <laughs> you know what, though? I'm going to steal it, too, because as a diversity person, I am now understanding that I'm entitled to a bonus. So I will be waiting for that. Bonus.
2: <laughs> well, you know, I actually got it from a book that I read um, and it was actually called, the, uh, I read it in a class called uh, The Politics of Diversity. Um, and the book is by Scott Page, I believe. But it's literally all about how, you know, when, when working in a team, it's important to have a diversity, you know, of experiences and backgrounds to come up with the best possible solution. Yeah. So Well, great. thank
1: you. And thank you for adding that in, so I don't really have to answer slice questions about getting a bonus. Thank you, <laughs> Wendy, Wendy. my next questions for you. Um, you know, I've been able to kind of watch firsthand all these great stories of these women um, in the appointments project since its inception way back in 2014. And I'm sure you have so many stories that you love to watch and, and see these um, the journeys of these women involved. Is there maybe one or two in particular that you want to share today?
3: Oh, there's so many good ones. That's such a a great question, but a tough question to um, answer as well. I would say, you know, we have right now over 140 appointments and I'm so proud of each and every one of these women who are are serving in a a capacity. But I would say one comes to mind um, and it was a 2018 appointment to the Kansas City Board of Zoning. And that was um, Lauren Allen. And Lauren actually joined us in Pittsburgh for our um, webinar that we did in Pittsburgh about the Appointments Project. But what I really liked is that what we talked about from the research um, she really proved. So this is a woman who wasn't really sure how to navigate the process. Um, was was really holding back. Had you know is an attorney, extremely qualified. And when we asked her to step up, she said yes and received the appointment. But has gone on to do such great things. Not only utilizing her voice um, on this commission, but also has gone on to pursue two additional appointments. And now with this civic engagement, she has really um, created this energy and is exploring running for elected office at some capacity. So it's really a proof point of exactly what we had hoped um, for the appointments project, that this would lead to more things, to a, a building confidence development, but so proud of what she's accomplished. So that's, a, that's one that comes to mind, Joni. She's, we're so proud of her.
1: She's a great example. And that's also uh, her lived experience is a great example of the pipeline that the appointments project can build. That's exactly right.
3: But there are so many, um, you know, I would I would say another one is by a woman, Sarah, who was our first Senate confirmation. And um, she did a great job of really taking the initiative to meet with the senators that were on the confirmation committee um, and did a great job in our hearing. And we're so proud of her. And she's been appointed to Missouri's Healing Arts Board. So that's another example of of someone who that we're really proud of um, with their work.
0: You know, one of the other benefits, I believe, of, of having a diverse board, particularly in this instance as it relates to women, is that policy may not necessarily shift in its entirety, but some of the aspects of policy are certainly going to be affected, and some of the goals of policy are going to be affected. You know, every city has a policy of wanting to treat its employees right? but not every city has taken into account that different employees have different needs. Prime examples, paid family leave. That has an impact on women, but it also has an impact on men, but it certainly has an impact on families. The other is childcare and the need to have available quality, safe childcare. Again, primarily impacts women because when there's a childcare problem, kids are home at school because of a snow day. Generally, it's not the guy that's staying home, generally. And because of that, I think that policy and government and business has to make some adjustments to understand that women as valuable employees and members of the team are also valuable people in their families and members of that team who have certain responsibilities. So maybe that diversity, has helped bring about some enlightenment as to the needs of women and therefore the needs of families and the men in those families as well.
3: Absolutely. And Sly, I think to your point, now more than ever, as we are starting, hopefully moving soon to COVID recovery, that we really must have, whether it be in Mayor Peduto's team or, as you said, board commissions authorities in Pittsburgh, we must have diverse opinions at the table, including women, really bringing forward, here are some critical issues, here's how we could tackle this together, bringing, bringing forward solutions, creative solutions as well, things that we, you know, in a mayor's office, may be thinking one thing, but when you hear from the community, you see it from a different point of view. Yeah, yeah.
1: good point, um, Jordan. Shifting gears just a little bit for you. Um, it's it's evident that Mayor Peduto really values diversity, but also building the bench of future leaders. And um, I think it's really powerful when a um, when a male. Really is an ally, a mentor, and a sponsor for, for women. Um, I certainly um, have benefited from um, Sly's friendship um, and his sponsorship. One of my favorite stories was when we uh, walked into a economic development symposium. Uh, in Kansas City that I had been working on for months, uh, with the participants. And when we walked into the room, um, P.S. I was like eight months pregnant, so I was huge. Uh, when we walked into the room, um, it became very clear that the 11, 12 gentlemen in the room that I had been working with had not literally saved a seat for me at the table of the meeting. And so Sly was um, very gracious in creating a strategic spectacle, as I call it, and making sure they understood that that behavior was absolutely unacceptable. So Jordan, can you talk a little bit about what it's like as a young woman uh, to have a um, a mayor, a um, with a man with some power, uh, be an ally for you and to be in your corner.
2: Sure. Um, that's an amazing story. And I think allyship and equity are very closely related. Yeah. Um, because when we talk about communities and people that need allies, they're typically people that have historically experienced some level of discrimination. And so having an ally in your corner. That can not necessarily validate your experience, but can explain to um, people like them and other people why it's important to um, you know respect and create space and support people like me is important equity work, and it also helps people like myself and and women and 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 black people feel more comfortable in these spaces. I can't express how much having certain friends of mine in certain spaces means to me because I know that even when I'm not around, right, they have my best interests at heart and having them in the room makes me feel more comfortable about sharing my experiences. Um, And so I think allyship is really important um, and it's something that we have to keep thinking about Um, and, and, and making sure exists because, uh, a lot of progress can be made when you have strong allies in your corner.
1: Yeah, I think there's something really special that happens when, um, whether it be a man, whether it be a white person, when they take the, the power and privilege that they hold and um, translate it uh, to someone who, who doesn't hold that power. It's really special and it's powerful.
2: Absolutely. So,
1: so Joni, does that mean you have
3: an ally bonus?
1: <laughs> Wendy, Wendy,
3: Wendy.
1: who's side are you on
2: here? <laughs> she's,
0: she's on the right side. She's you know, exactly what she's doing. Uh, I will say this, uh, as as the male on the on this group right now, that you know, the the whole process is beneficial to both sides. Um there is no downside to working closely with people who are different from us either by gender, by race, by orientation, by geography, by politics, there is no downside. One of the problems we have now is is that there are too many people who simply cannot talk to each other because of some ism, schism, or divide. And working with women uh, has been something that I have benefited from greatly. Um, even Joni, uh, working with her has benefited me greatly.
1: Even Joni! <laughs>
0: Not even, Joni, because of Joni and because of others. My daughter, my wife, my mother, all of those people have had an impact on my life. And it's ignorant to ignore that impact and think somehow that because they have been relegated by society to a different standard in different places, that their contributions are not valuable. One of the things that I liked about the early conversations about the appointments project, Wendy, was I remember a conversation with someone about not feeling they were qualified because they didn't know anything about budgets. And the response was, do you budget for your household? Yes, I do. Then you know about budgets, um, how to run a meeting. If you can run a household, you can run a damn meeting. Ain't no big deal. Um, but my, my other favorite, and Joni was the one who told me about this was a woman shows up at a meeting and the guys were standing around yakking and talking and wasting time. She says, you know, uh, I can get a donut and coffee anywhere. Uh, you know, I came here for a meeting. Let's get to business.
1: <laughs> I loved it. I was like celebrating that moment. <laughs> I don't have time for your coffee and donut. <laughs>
0: she was one of my favorite women because of that. And one of those people that I constantly went back to and said, can you do, can you help, can you join? And and was seldom turned down. The problem is, is that and, and and Jordan, perhaps you can speak to this a little bit. Uh, Wendy's circumstances are a little bit different. But I often see or often saw that when I went to meetings, I was catching the overflow of the last meeting because some people who were there are now here. That 10 percent, that 20 percent of engaged people show up in 50 percent of the places. Has that been your experience in Pittsburgh?
2: I think Pittsburgh has a strong core of involved People And I think you tend to see a lot of the same people in the same spaces. But what I will say about Pittsburgh is there is a large group of people in all 90 of our neighborhoods who care about the city deeply, um, that care about their neighbors, um, and at any moment are willing to speak up, which is great. Because I'd, I'd rather see a city full of people, you know, willing, willing to stick up for one another than, you know, the same 50 people from 12 neighborhoods, right. Only speaking to what's happening in their communities. Um, So I think Pittsburgh is more on the side of, you know, anybody could speak up at any time, you know, the, the the issue just has to hit close to home enough, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Have you, I have a question, I have a question to Jordan. Have you seen that always be that way or is it, you know, just in the last few years, there's been a, a shift because I kind of feel a shift here in in the heartland just more um you know neighbor helping neighbor you know encouragement of you know getting involved paying attention to what's happening
2: you know i think it's funny because um this is my first year living in the city off campus technically so i was at Pitt for four years and um what i witnessed in oakland um was that students were heavily involved in everything going on, which happens all the time on college campuses. But what I will say is that given the direction that the country is moving in and recent events, I would absolutely say that more people are getting involved, um, which is great to see. Um, more people are asking questions, more people are doing research and trying to educate one another, um, which is the only real way that we can make progress is if we know what's going on and we all understand the systems that are, you know, controlling our daily lives. So I definitely think that there's a a shift going on and I think it'll continue on the upward trend just because people realize that they have to be involved and they have to know what's going on in order to make sure that, you know, their communities are safe and their neighbors are doing okay and infrastructure is working well and, and all of that. So
1: it's great. That's great. Well, thank you both so much for joining us today. What a powerful conversation. Um, Both your perspectives were, were so important to us and we, we um, appreciate both of you and both of you are just tremendous friends to us.
2: Thank Thank you so much, Jordan. It's so good to be with you.
0: Yes. Same to you. I'm always happy to be surrounded by women. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you should be
2: <laughs> Bonus <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, If I just had a little cash to go with it I'd be And
2: <laughs>
3: In your tough
0: spot Jordan, yeah. I wish you the best As you uh, continue On your uh, path uh, And it yeah. sounds like an exciting one You're working with a very, very good man In uh, Bill Peduto uh, again, a person for whom I have a great deal of respect. And not only that, Pittsburgh and Kansas City are often compared uh, in a number of different ways. Uh, we have a better football team. And
2: uh.
0: Our, our <laughs> baseball team, I think, went to the World Series more recently. And uh, But beyond that, I think we share a lot of similarities.
1: <laughs> you can roll uh, your eyes at him, Jordan. I do. We're
0: doing so well. It's just- uh, and, and Wendy? I'm going to guess that as a result of your childhood, you're not a person that I would ever expect to see holding a lamb chop at a party.
3: No, No, you
2: got it. (laughs) Never.
0: All right. Thanks, ladies. Thank you so much. much. You
2: Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.